You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. I'm Ron Burgundy. Are you? Am I? Ron, who are you? Brick? You're Brick. You're definitely Brick. I'd be Brick. Yeah, but Brick's like a secret genius, though. So you'd be like, I love Munch. <laughs> I love Dubis. I love Brody. All these guys that are gone. I love Dougie. <laughs> All right, he's back, eh? I think we've already done that intro, but we did it again. We've done it again. I I love love Monge. I love Doobie. Doobs. Doobs. Okay, so official. I mean, it's already been being discussed for a week already, so it's like not surprising anybody. But the NHLPA and and NHL made it official today. They're gonna roll ahead with uh, is it fifty six games? Fifty six games starting on January thirteenth. And training camp starts on January third. Um, I yeah, I think for some teams they can um teams who didn't make the playoffs can open a few days earlier. Losers. I know, a bunch of bums. It's amazing though when you look at the teams that didn't make it. There's like well, there's only six teams, right? That didn't make the playoffs or something like that. Eight. You got to be a bad team to not make the playoffs. I could not believe when we were going through all the predictions and stuff, looking at the the teams that didn't make it, and San Jose. Didn't even make the qualifying round. That's what's such a bummer about this. The Flames not being the Pacific this year is that, like, I think you did for Steve say this, like, all those California teams finally suck ass. I think it was staging. Yeah, like, it's the first time in forever that going through California isn't a death sentence. They all suck now. And then, of course, the Flames aren't in the division this year. You know what? I'll take this, the excitement of this Canadian. Oh, yeah, me too. All day. As a one-off over that. All day. All day. Okay, so, and then obviously, we already corrected ourselves, but we can do it again. Um, we When we did our, our Canadian division predictions, we were under the assumption of bad math. Yeah. And instead of playing eight games per team, it's going to be nine or ten. It's going to be curious to see who we play ten times. I'm sure the NHL knows what they're doing. It'll be Edmonton, Vancouver, maybe Winnipeg. I mean, this is the NHL, right? Like, They'll probably have us playing Ottawa like 10 times. They're not particularly good at marquee matchups. Yeah. So, so <laughs> good point. What I'm most interested in is going to be like player movement because the trade deadline is on April 12th. I'm so curious to see what the trading is going to be like. Trade deadlines on April 12th. They're going to start playoffs. What was the date on that? I think the playoffs are supposed to start in um, right after that, aren't they? Yeah, like, like and then right in May, and then obviously the other weird logistical thing that they they're still working on currently is 
this whole U.S. Canadian border thing. Um, so again, yeah, you're right. If there's player swap transactions, like someone's going to come from the states to Canada or vice versa, yeah. how is that going to go down? Like you're not going to get him for like two, three weeks. It's going to be weird. And then we don't even know. I guess there's stuff. Some of the provinces are working out their logistics. BC. Is it just BC left? That's the rumor is that BC is the only one. BC is holding out. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, worst case scenario, the I think the Canucks will just play elsewhere. But it's, it's yeah, we're getting hockey, baby. I'm hoping that the Canucks, like, end up having to play somewhere else. And then, like, uh, Pedersen will be, like, swayed and, like, in contact with Lindholm and Markstrom all, all year and be like, yeah, come join the Flames, man. Because can you imagine? I was I was just daydreaming the other day. Imagine your top six is Pedersen between Lindholm and Gaudreau. And your second line is like Monahan, Manjapani, and Kachuk or some shit. Can you imagine the Lindholm, Pedersen, Gaudreau top line? I just could imagine having a we're, – we're, we're going on and on about needing a top six forward. Can you imagine having a superstar? Having a top line superstar. Fuck. It'd be amazing. All right, so we'll stay tuned for that. All we know is hockey is on its way, and the Canadian juniors will be starting in T-minus six days. Yeah, featuring Connor Zeri and Jacob Pelche. And Dustin Wolf and Benny Kuznetsov. Jan. <laughs> Can you, Jan. Too bad. Hopefully he's, yeah. Hopefully he's not related to, you know. Hopefully Yevgeny isn't showing him any of these, you know, behind the scenes tricks that he's been up to. What, the rails of Coke? Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was alluding to. You could just go out and say it. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to focus on it's been a topic of a conversation. Uh, the expansion draft. The, to me, it's interesting if you look at the rules, both in terms of the clubs that need to um, expose players, as well as the expansion team itself. To me, there's some nuances. We'll go into it. I think it's pretty hard to to predict at this point um, what's going to happen, just because there's so many little factors that will play into it in the future, as we'll see down the road. But we're going to do it for fun, anyways. Yeah, it's been a topic just because there was nothing else to talk about. And it's all of a sudden, like, it felt like this was like years and years and years away. And it's like, all of a sudden it's, it's coming up soon. So, well, I, and it's, and it's one of these things that you would expect Bradtree Living has been preparing for. You would expect all the general managers to, to be preparing for it. Um, so we'll just see how it plays out. Yeah. And I mean, I do think the, Fl- I don't know, maybe it's just because we follow the team. It kind of seems like the Flames it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to be protected. But like you said, there are some nuances and stuff that um, make it a bit more complicated. So, and first off, before we dive into it, I'm like, if you look at cap friendly, um, you know, I'm just looking at the salaries and whatnot for the, this year, upcoming years. Yeah. And I know that they were discussing potentially cutting player salaries this season. Um, Have you heard anything about that lately? I tried to find it. I couldn't find anything. Oh, it's been kind of like radio silence on that. Cause I, I know there'll be some stuff with like escrow and some rollbacks on stuff like that. Um, but I haven't heard anything about their salaries actually being cut. It might be a small deferral, okay. but I haven't heard anything official, especially not lately. And then obviously I'm assuming even if they do that, it's not going to affect the whole cap situation. They'll, they'll just, right. No, I want to, it won't affect the salary cap. Okay. So then everything stays the same across the board in terms of, because there are requirements you have to make um, as 
well, Bradtree Living has to make requirements. So we're just discussing this. It's, it's interesting. So obviously we'll go through the rules. There's two options. Um, the first option is you have to expose seven forwards, three defense. You can protect. You can protect seven forwards, three defense, and one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. So if you're if you were Nashville, like four years ago and you're just yeah. stacked defensively and you mm-hmm. wanted to protect all your D and you didn't have a lot of depth up front. Maybe you might go that way. I don't think like looking at the league now, is there yeah. anybody that's going to pick option two? I would be blown away if anybody did. That's that's like, is any team that loaded on the back end? I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't, I, think, so. I don't think so. It's funny looking at who the flames protected in the last expansion draft. <laughs> it's pretty rank, man. If oh yeah. I, that's interesting. With that. <laughs> I mean, the defense obviously was pretty obvious. You had Geo, Hamilton, Brody, you protected. Yeah. Yeah. You protect those guys. Protected Mike Smith and Ned. That paid off. <laughs> and then the forwards is where it gets because obviously you protected Gaudreau. Obviously you protected Monahan. The question is if Mike Smith wasn't protected, do you think uh, Vegas would have done <laughs> no. Because if they would have, we're looking at a completely different reality, completely alternate. But the forwards are just like, okay, because Kachuk wasn't eligible yet. Right. So uh, Gaudreau, Monahan, the the other, and Backlund, pretty obvious, but the other ones are brutal. Furland, Lazar, Frolik, and Bennett. Wow. <laughs> Curtis Lazar. We protected Lazar. Whew. So that's and pretty so rank. Vegas went and with England, right? Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts at that time? Because... I didn't like to see him go. I thought he, he was an asset for us back there, but I don't know what your thoughts were back then. I mean, back then you weren't really, I felt like you probably weren't going to lose anybody of value anyways. He was an expiring contract, so I didn't mind it too much at all. I mean, I think people are kind of starting to get a bit. I think hopefully GMs have learned their lesson or maybe not just for the chaos of it. And I think people are kind of overthinking this stuff. It's like, you're going to lose somebody, right? Yep. Don't try to fuck around and get cute with like, oh, if you send if you send Seattle like all these other teams did the last time around, Florida was like, oh, we'll give you uh, Jonathan Marshall's O to take uh, Riley Smith because we want to protect somebody else. It's like that's how you get into trouble. It's like you're gonna lose somebody good. Just just lose one thing and move on. Don't fuck around with like, oh, we'll do this side deal where we trade you a second round pick to take the guy we want you to take. It's just like, don't screw around, Bradtree Living. So you don't think we'll see any of that? I, bet you, we I think we will. I don't think people have learned their lesson, but I hope the Flames don't go down that path and screw around with stuff like that. Because essentially you're giving up more than you need to, right? Exactly. You're going to lose somebody. Just lose one thing and move on. Don't overcomplicate this shit. Now, looking at, I don't know, to me it just seems like Oliver Shillington is a guy that gets no love from this organization and Bradtree Living. You, you, you don't think Tree Living would want to, give Seattle somebody or some make some sort of deal and forget to get them to take Shillington, take Shillington off their hands. I mean, that sounds like something he would do. It'd be incredible, incredibly stupid. You I mean, what? If, you, if you want to do that with Chris Tanev, well, maybe there's a discussion there to get rid of that contract. Here's what Seattle needs to do, right? They need to read between the lines. They need to realize that Brad Living doesn't see the value in Shillington. So they need to acquire Mark, uh, Mike's <laughs> Mike Stone. <laughs> gonna qu- yeah, that's what they need to why, do. Why can't I ever see that? I don't know. It's very so confusing. they go and re- and acquire Michael Stone right now because Tree Living will probably de- be down a trade. 
Oh, totally. Straight up across the board. We'll say we'll give you Michael Stone <laughs> if we can take Oliver Shillington. Please don't. I, I don't think that I hope they're not allowed to sign players before, but can you imagine? Be like they have this leverage on tree living. We're gonna sign Stone if you if you don't give a Shillington. Oh my god. So, don't even and, say stuff like that. And that's the other thing, too. There's there's little stipulations, right? And it's, yeah. and it's I don't know, you're look how well do you know um Ron Francis, what, what do you think he's going to do? But I think that the, maybe the easier question is, do you think Bradtree Living and his team have gone throughout the entire league and have a handful of players and have honed in on, you know, what teams are, are going to be, what players from what teams are going to be left unprotected and most likely to be picked by Seattle? And does that impact or affect what they do? Or do you think... GMs and Brad Schuler are just like, fuck it. I don't even care what anybody else is doing. I don't care. I'm just worried about my club. Well, I mean, there is, I I would hope that if, if he's going around, try, maybe trying to leverage some guys you could get who other teams are afraid they're going to lose in this expansion draft because they can't protect them. Like I would hope he's doing that because you could probably get pretty good value on a guy, you know, yeah. like if you go to Toronto, who has a lot of forwards and it's like, Hey, you want to send one of those guys our way for pennies on the dollar because you're going to lose them in expansion anyways. Right, hope he'd get, be doing that get something of value yeah but i don't know i don't it's <laughs> i don't think he's doing that i think he's probably just focused on the on the flames club but i mean if you well, I, I think the flames i think the flames are one of the teams that maybe there is an option where you could and we'll talk about who will protect in a minute but i don't know like you, if you could add somebody up front for cheap and then expose and have somebody exposed who's uh, the Seattle's not going to select because of their contract situation, there's some options there. One of the rules that Seattle as the expansion team has to follow is they have to spe- have to pick a specific amount of forwards, defensemen, and goalies. So Seattle has to walk away with 14 forwards, nine defense yeah. and three goalies. Um, and I guess, yeah, teams won't know beforehand, right? They just got to expose who they're going to expose. It's not like, you know, they're keeping track and it's like a draft where, yeah, where they can tell, oh, there's only three forwards positions left. Let's uh, now we can expose just our D man. We're good. That'd be kind of fun, actually, if they did that, but that's not how it works. No, it's all going to be vaulted, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be – so, yeah, let's finish running through the rules, I guess. You probably – everybody probably knows first and second-year pros are exempt. Don't have to be protected. So, Valimaki is safe. Thank God, because that was one of the biggest worries, that Valimaki was going to come back and play a few games and he was going to be eligible. But uh, right. he's exempt. So, now Dylan Dubé, after playing this season, will not be exempt. No, Dylan Dubé – will have to be protected or exposed. So if you're looking at this Calgary Flames roster right now, is there anybody other than Valimaki that that we've seen the last, that we've even seen in the last two years that will be exempt? The only, um, no, the only guy that, yeah, Valimaki, no. That's it. The the only kind of like prospect guys you might be worried about, but again, I can't see Seattle take, like maybe Glenn Godden gets selected. I can't see it happening because he will be eligible to be exposed. Right, because so. it's not it's not NHL seasons; it's professional seasons, right? Yeah, so it's they, pro years. So whether it's been the AHL or the NHL, they're all eligible. Yeah, for professional selection. Okay. And yeah, man, teams you got to expose at least one defenseman, like you said. 
and again, the under contract thing is what is um, one of the kind of nuances of this. Cause if you just go and if you just quickly look at it, the flames actually won't have enough forwards signed. Is that correct? Forward signed to meet the requirement. So each team has to expose at least two forwards that are under contract that meet the minimum requirement of games played in the last one to two seasons, which you need to play at least half a season. Um, I think it's 45 or 60 games or something like that. So um, which means you have to get, you have to expose at least two decent forwards um, that are NHLers and as well as one defenseman and one goaltender. So if, if we're looking through, let's just get into it a little bit. We can go into our forwards first. Yeah. Um, obviously you're going to protect Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Michael Backlund. Um, now there may be some people that, you know, some of the Monty or Johnny haters that might be like, well, why don't you just expose fucking Sean Monahan? The guy's a piece of shit. Right. The one I've heard most, the, the argument, there's really been one argument up front, I think. And I've heard that do you protect Bennett or Backlund argument. That's the one I've owned. That's the, really the only one I've heard from a lot of people. What do you, so explain that you, you got to choose between either well, Bennett you, or Backlund pretty much because like okay. you said, I've kind of interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, um, no, no, you're protecting Chuck. You're protecting Monahan. You're protecting Goudreau. You're protecting Lindholm. You're protecting Manjipani. You're protecting Dubé, right? I think we can all agree on those six guys, right? There's no way in hell you're leaving Dubé on a Dubé exposed. I wouldn't. So that I mean, but here's the other thing too is like, and this falls into what we were saying at the beginning is there's still a lot to this is a lot of hockey to be played this season still. Yeah, and you don't even know who's going to be on the team really, right? Like they could be a trade. There could be a trade. And there's there's the whole injury thing too. So say Dylan Dubé goes down, I'm gonna knock on wood, goes down with an injury. Don't do it. He's not eligible to be you. He doesn't count. I mean, Seattle could still take him if they want, but he doesn't count against. You'd still have to expose another player on top of that. There has to yeah. be two two healthy players that are under contract exposed that are that have played a, a minimum requirement of games, which is quite a bit. So. Um, yeah, played it, 40, 40 plus games in the 2021 season or played 70 plus games this season previous. Combined. And that, and that goes for anybody, which yeah, guarantee, I don't know if it's a guarantee, but it's probably a high probability for, there's going to be a couple teams that are going to have to deal with that yeah. where one of their star players is injured going to next season. Like who's the one, um, who's the one that we talk about right now? He's on defense, right? <laughs> on the flames. No, not on the flames. Um, he's gonna miss. Oh yeah, on on uh, it's Clefbaum. Oh, Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, on the Oilers. So if it's Clefbaum, um, fast forward to this expansion draft. He's he's not available. Then um, the Edmonton Oilers can't use him as a yeah as an exposure. They can't use his contract as an exposure requirement. Not that they would expose him anyways. Yeah. But- um, that that just means you have to expose another contract or sign somebody and expose them. Yeah. So they yeah. gotta be, they gotta be healthy. On so again, contract. There, there's going to be a lot of like, when it comes down to it, it's going to be, it's not going to be as clean. It's not going to be layout as cleanly as like, Oh, you just protect these guys. And this guy gets selected. Do, 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 do. There could be some wrinkles into it. So everything we say here, take it with a caveat is what you're saying. And here's another big caveat is that there's some teams that have some players that have no trade clauses, yeah, no movement, no move no movement clause, clauses. Yeah. Correct. So Milan Lucic being one of them. 
I think. Okay. Do you want to get into uh, this? Is going to be really messy this episode already. Let's get. Do you want to get into the Lucic thing first, or just do our forward list and then get into the Lucic thing? Let's get into Lucic right now. So yeah, like I like we've been bitching and moaning about since the day he was acquired. Milan Lucic is the only player outside of Jacob Markstrom who has a no movement clause on this team. So with a no movement clause, you have to protect that person unless they waive that no movement clause to be exposed. Milan Lucic will have to waive his contract to be exposed. Now we sit here and I've heard you say it plenty of times that Oh, it's a pretty safe assumption he'll waive his no movement clause. But yet, I haven't heard one person in the media bring it up, talk about it, discuss it, um, throw it at Tree Living. When when Tree Living made the trade, Neil for Lucic, he had the opportunity to revise that clause if he yep. wanted to, and he didn't. Um, but maybe maybe there's a conversation that was between him and Lucic regarding the expansion draft. He said, look, maybe he even has it in writing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know because none of the media is asked you living, even though nobody ever pretty, asks. It's a pretty big question. Pert, it's a pretty pertinent question regarding the future of the team. If Milan Lucic um, decides not to wave, but I don't see why he look, the guy makes six mil. There's no, there's no chance in hell. Seattle is going to pick him anyways. He knows that everybody knows that, but still there's always that slight shred of, wacky possibility yeah. that we have to protect this guy it's just like we've said it's like sure it's all good but it's kind of a sketchy way to do business right like if you just have like a handshake agreement on anything in this world you know especially yeah. years later like when brad shaving comes to him and says okay now it's like if jerome aginla went back on his word and fucked the flames i don't put it past anybody <laughs> to do that right like when when it gets down to it these contracts like they're unbreakable for a reason unless they're in writing. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I think it's a safe assumption, but it's by no means a guarantee. What I think is going to happen, though, I, I have a hunch that if by some – if Lucic turns into a total dick and does not agree to move his – or to waive his clause, the Flames will bite the bullet and buy him out because I don't see any scenario – where the Flames would risk losing Dylan Dubé or Backlund because they're forced into keeping Lucic. If he doesn't waive his contract, even though it would be a, a huge like problem cap-wise, I think they would buy Lucic out because I don't think any, there's any way in hell. Can you imagine the scandal that Brad Living Like, Tree Living would be in huge shit if we lost Dylan Dubé because Milan, the contract he picked up in Lucic had to be protected in an expansion. Yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. So I, I don't think there's any way in hell Lucic is on this team's protected list. I think he will waive, but if he doesn't waive the team, and that's probably leverage for the Flames too, is like, if you don't waive, we're going to buy you out. And is Milan Lucic going to get a job in the NHL anywhere else at his age and with his skill set? No. Uh, it's kind of doubtful. How so many graduate livings are there left in the, yeah. in the league? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe there's Mark Bergevin would be into it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't see any scenario. It's by hook or by crook. Then Lucic will not be on the protected list. Okay, so then that means your top six forwards right now, right? The, th- the new the new and improved 3M line, Kachuk, Backlund, Manji, Pani, you're going to assume they're all protected. Yeah. You're going to assume your top line's protected, Monty, Johnny, Lindholm, regardless of if they stick together or not this season. So there's your six. You get one more. Uh, it's Dubé for me. 
It's Dubé for me. So what that means is that here's who's exposed. Derek Ryan, Sam Bennett, yep. Josh Levo, um, Dominic Simone. Dom Simon. Matthew Phillips, Brian Frase, and Zach Ronaldo. Uh, Glenn Gallen, Glenn Buddy Gallen. Robinson. I guess Nordstrom. Joachim Nordstrom and Spencer Fu is still on our. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I saw that. I was like, is that right? Spencer Fu is still around, eh? He's still, still have his rights. It's hilarious. He's, a, he's, a, he's not getting paid anything, but still got his rights. So, um, but then that's the other thing too, right? There's stipulations. It's like, what happens if Levo comes out and scores 20 goals this season? We've already what happens if about- Levo comes out and scores 30 goals this season? Well, not 30, I guess, with a shortened year. Well, yeah. Okay, sure. But even still, what if he's on pace for 30, right? Yeah. Um, what if he ends up, he, he pulls uh, Elias Lindholm and he secures a top spot in the, or a top a spot in the top six. And then what? Yeah. Right. So we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and the other thing too, is like, what if, I don't, I don't know. Is there any scenario where Dylan Dubé is not protected over a guy like Josh Levo? Like let's say Dylan Dubé, you know, scores six goals this year, spends most of the year on the bottom six, fourth line in and out of the lineup. I don't know. Do you, I would like, be, I'd be pretty surprised if the flames did that just because, you know, like tree living has been so, um, you know, harping on drafting and developing. The only way I could yeah. see maybe he gets exposed is if the flames have like a side deal with Seattle. And it's like, like maybe you were saying, okay, we'll send you Shillington to not take Dubé or something like that. We will take uh, Michael stone back. If you take <laughs> Shillington to not get Dubé. <laughs> so that's the only way I can be see him being exposed. I would be blown away if the Calgary flames lose Dylan Dubé in the expansion draft. So maybe he's exposed and you have something like that brewing. That's a possibility. But I don't see. I don't think Dylan Dubé will be on Seattle. So I mentioned Josh Levo. What if Sam Bennett figures out how to how to show up and dominate in a shortened season during the regular season? Well, I think and, that's. And, and what if this team goes to the second or third round and Sam Bennett is just fucking beast mode all over again? Um, are you really gonna expose him over Dylan Dubé? There's a there's a good chance where Brad Shalewing is going to be forced to make a deal. Well, I think, like I was saying earlier, I think for most people, the the conversation, and I don't, personally, I don't think, I think this conversation is moot. Like, they're saying, oh, you would expose Backlund. Like, okay, I think there's some merit to the idea of exposing Backlund. He's older, his contract isn't very good. He's been regressing for a while, right? But, like, I mean, are the Flames really going to expose, are the Calgary Flames who have been obsessed with, like, I know for a fact that there's three guys in the dressing room who the flames and the entire like Calgary sports and entertainment corporation value the most is Mark Giordano, Michael Backlund and Matthew Kachuk. Like, I don't see any scenario where they expose Michael Backlund to you because I think that's really like, for me, I think Dubé's, I don't think Dubé's unless he comes out and just is absolute dog shit this year or something. I, I think Dubé is an absolute slam dunk to be protected. So if Bennett, if Bennett comes out and his lights out this year, I think the only other guy you can maybe look at, and I think a lot of people have been talking about this, is do you expose Backlund? So let's say – I'm going to throw a scenario out here at you. Um, let's say Dubé's on the board, Bennett's on the board, Backlund's on the board, and Mangiapane's on the board, just for argument's sake. 
who do you keep and who do you who do you expose? You got to pick two. You got to you got exposed to. If I, picked, I if I pick two, I I know for you it's 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 Dubé and, and Mangiapani. Yeah. But in, in, is there any scenario where you change that? Well, me personally, like if Backlund is terrible this year, I'm open to it. But I just in the in the realm of in the in the realm of realistic possibilities. I don't think that's not how this club does business. They'll protect Backlund for sure. Cause he's a huge part of the, of the team and a pillar in the community. And I mean, like maybe you think I'm full of shit, but I really do think that is one of the most important things to this organization. So like, I, if it were me personally, I, I would be willing to explore exposing him if he has a, if he has a really down year. Okay. I guess the other scenario too, is what if, um, Levo is meh. Bennett has another shit regular season and then doesn't show up in the playoffs. Then who does Seattle want? Yeah, go, I think if you're looking at who the they're going to want is a different is a different story. And I think the ultimate question is: Does Bradshaw Living already know? Like, is he how much flexibility is there? Has he already talked to Ron Francis? And here's the other thing too: is like, we'll get to defense, but maybe you want to expose a guy like Noah Hannafin so that that's your way of assuring you keep all these forwards. Well, I think, I think that would be true. Okay. Let's go into defense now, because I think the obvious three are geo Hannafin Anderson. I think that would be true. If you had a fourth guy there, unless Shillington comes out and is like absolute balls to the wall. Holy shit. This guy is awesome. I don't think there's a fourth guy who's like, yeah, we'll protect him over Hannafin, right? Yep. So I, I and the, get and the way that this is the way that where things are at in this moment in time, because Valamaki missed last season, which is a good thing, but we probably would have been fine even if we had to protect him. Yeah. But um we don't have to. So then that just puts more emphasis on that's gonna be a forward that gets picked. Well, again, like I would, I would much rather, like, again, for all the shit we give Noah Hannafin, I would much rather lose Sam Bennett or Derek Ryan or <laughs> than Noah Hannafin, who's a young defense. Like, even even if you're talking about, like, trade value, like, you can get way more for Noah Hannafin than you can Sam Bennett or uh, Derek Ryan or anything. So, I mean, I, I don't see, I don't foresee a scenario where, where Hannafin is exposed. I don't, I, I think the defense is the most set in stone thing of this whole thing. And I think that's partially why I'm kind of okay with Brody being let go because it's like, well, <laughs> no, they're not taking Tanev. <laughs> they're sure shit won't take Tanev. And then that, who does that leave? Shillington, Nesterov. That's yep. it. Petrovic. Petrovic. So I, I don't, I think the question on D is not even really a question. The one thing I've seen fans, I don't know why this is even a talking point, And I like, there, there's no way Mark Giordano is being exposed. Let's just let's just squash that. Well, and even if he was, the only reason why you would do this because you want Seattle to take him over one of these forwards. Because uh, I guess here's the other situation. But I mean, like I said, there's a lot to there's a lot to play out. What happens at the deadline? Yeah, Bradtree Living is going to acquire at least three more defensemen. <laughs> I was just going to say. So we're just going to have yeah. to have this conversation all over again, Yeah, but there, they'll probably be all UFAs anyways. Um, but the thing too, going back the other way, 
before I let you finish that point is um, what if he trades Sam? What if the flames don't make the playoffs and he goes and trades Sam Bennett to a contending team before the expansion draft? That's what he should be doing. Exactly. They're if you're in that like, situation. If, cause if you're looking at, you know, getting value back, right. Um, cause it, it'd be easy just to give a couple of these other guys, you know, contracts, contracts and, yeah. then, and then you make that requirement that you have to have enough players exposed, but at least you could get something back. But then if you, whatever, whatever you get back, you got to protect too. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't know. There's just, it's almost, it's almost like we always talk about this. The GM has got to have his serial killer room where you got all the little strings going from all the players and all the different scenarios. I'm just, I don't know how much you can really prepare for this. Um, but obviously there's some preparation, even going back to decisions made in the last year or two years. I know Yusuf Al-Maki, the reason why I bet I can't guarantee you, but I'm willing to bet money that the main re, the number one reason why we didn't see Val Mackey come back last season and play in the playoffs, even though he probably could have was because of this expansion draft. Yeah. I think if it, if things had been under normal circumstances, even though they were being super careful with his health, like there's no doubt in my mind that played a huge factor. So, yeah, um, I would say the only way Mark Giordano is not getting protected is if you you really want Seattle to take him so that you keep your forwards. But we're not even in a place where we need to protect that many defensemen. So Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, like I, I, I understand where people are like, yeah, but he's old and he makes $6.7 million, blah, 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 blah. I mean, okay, I can understand that. And again, if we had another fourth defenseman who was like made this decision hard, like if the Flames had gone into the offseason and like offer sheeted Mikhail Sergachev and like you had Sergachev or some shit. Or how about how about we just still had Brody? Yeah, if you still had Brody, or if you had four guys who were deserving of protection and you had to make a hard choice, okay, maybe I can maybe I'll humor you and listen to your argument. But the fact, like, who are you gonna protect? You're not gonna protect Shillington over your captain. <laughs> You're not gonna protect Chris Tanner for Christ's sake. No. So, like, there, there's no way he's not being protected. And like I said previously, like everybody, like I think the Flames specifically, just how I know how they they run their business. Like Mark Giordano is the longest tenured Flame. He's been the captain forever. He's been here forever. He's a pillar in the community. Like. You may think, again, you may think I'm full of shit, but to the Flames organization, that stuff matters a lot. Why do you think they, like, whenever they talk about Jerome McGinley, the first thing they mention is community service. That that stuff matters to CSEC more than organizations, it seems. I'd be, there's no way Giordano's going anywhere. He could get run over by a freight train and not be able to play for the rest of his life, and they would protect him. He's not going anywhere. Well, and the other thing too is now that Brody's gone on paper, is he not? Yeah, plus he's your best D man. (laughs) Yeah, he's still he's still that good. Yeah, and if you want another, you know, if you want another one and a half seasons out of him after this next one, I I bet you you could get another one and a half for sure. So, um, well, and his fall off has probably been way exaggerated. Like everyone thinks, oh, because he had a bit of a hard playoff. Like he was still great during the regular season. You forget. Maybe yeah. it's just because he's been here so long and he's so old and he's must be on some sort of like, what the hell is this guy on? Is he just like put goat like bull? Does he just like go extract like bull semen and like jab it in his eyes or something? And this is like this <laughs> testosterone monster. But I mean, like he Dude, was still he, great last year. He's he's definitely um, sucking off bulls. I mean, like, let's <laughs> let's call a spade a spade here. He's do he's doing something. That's bad, dude. That's real bad. You, you that's bad. 
<laughs> but I mean, like he's still like last season, he was still a great defenseman. He's still playing against teams, top competition. He's still playing all the hard minutes every single night. He's still your best defenseman. There's no way in hell you're exposing your captain, best defenseman. Like it's just not happening. So let's just no. All right. So following our logic, if you have those seven forwards, Kachuk, Johnny, Monty, Backland, Lindholm, Mangiapane, and Dubé exposing um, Sam Bennett, Josh Levo, Derek Ryan, even though Ryan is not under contract, I don't think he will be anyways. Um, or maybe that, that's part of Brad's strategy is he re-signs Ryan, hoping that maybe Seattle will take him if you get him on a low you know, well, yeah, you gotta, you gotta resign. You gotta have one more forward contract, whether yeah. that's Ryan or some, whoever it's, you just have to have one more guy who's under contract. And we'll get to that. So if, if that's the case and your defenseman, it's obvious geo, no Hannafin or Rasmus Anderson, that's the three. So you're exposing Shillington. If you're Seattle out of what's available from the forwards and the D who do you like? I'm sure it's, I, I'm, I, it's gotta be Bennett, right? Well, you know what? I don't know because like for me, if I'm ranking my list right now and also putting on my Seattle Kraken hat too, because I think that does, because to most people, Bennett's the biggest name on there, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's probably the easiest guy to point to and say, yeah, they'll take him. But like, hold on a second. Who's the GM? Ron Francis is the GM. They're this, this organization is being heavily invest is heavily investing in an analytics department. They've hired tons of people in their analytics department. I mean, Ron Francis has used to be the GM for the hurricanes. They built their team off of acquiring a lot of young puck moving, good skating defensemen with a lot of upside. Like, I mean, if it was me and I'm in Seattle and I'm working for the Kraken, I think Shillington is probably the guy on my list. Well, you got to think, yeah, exactly. Everything you just said, the, the most safest secure expansion the youth of this guy and would be shillington in my in, in my opinion and i mean like in five years okay like even right now well right now you probably take bennett like right now today but in five years are you gonna want shillington or bennett yeah i think the argument could definitely be made that oliver shillington is going to be the more impactful well, player in five years and you know to add to that argument i doubt even though Vegas comes out and goes to the Stanley Cup final uh, in their very first season, I doubt that Seattle has that as their goal. No, um, they're probably building for the future. Not they're not trying to win now. Vegas wasn't trying to win now. They just turned out they did everything right. So, if you also consider that, then to me, Shillington makes the most. It's the smartest pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's the most upside. And again, I do, there'll be so many forwards available. I mean, again, I, I, I don't mean to like harp on Sam Bennett, but I mean, is a team who, again, who has this invested in anal- what does Sam Bennett bring you right now? He's one of he's one of his underlying numbers are terrible. <laughs> like he brings yeah. you grit and some scoring if in the playoffs, if that's what you value. Like, I he don't think that's one hell of a mustache and, and a good mustache, one hell of a beard in the playoffs. And he's a nice guy. But I mean, he kind of like, if I'm looking at how Seattle looks like their philosophy is going to lay out, like, I don't think he's going to be one of the guys they're going to be targeting personally. And again, like I said, in five years, in five years, I would, it's a pretty safe bet to say Oliver Shillington is going to be a better player than Sam Bennett in five years. Yeah. And they're hoping to be like in their competitive window. So like, what would you rather have a guy who's been in the league for five years 
and has pretty much been a tweener third liner who shows up in the playoffs or a guy who could in the future be an elite skating, very good puck moving defenseman with a ton of offensive upside who can play on your second or third pair. Well, without having any of my team built, I'm going with Shillington, but it might just come down to who's available and yeah. who's starting to fill up that projected roster for roster for Seattle. And I mean, the other guy, like, I think like, Derek like Ryan. maybe like, for instance, maybe they have, you know, they're keying in on a whole bunch of defensemen that are going to be available throughout the league. Yeah. Um, they have to pick nine defensemen. I don't know. I, I, I just kind of, I, I can totally see Shillington being one of those nine defensemen. More yeah, so than so I can see, more so than I can see Bennett being one of those 14th forwards. But then again, it's going to come down to what the rest of that projected roster makeup looks like. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think the Derek Ryan one is a bit kind of interesting. It's kind of one I didn't really consider until recently because he's he's from Washington State. It almost makes too much sense. He's from Spokane. He'd be a hometown guy like Derek England. Um, he'd be cheap. Talk about a guy who analytics people love. His analytics are dynamite. He could, and like Ron Francis, Carolina connection. Ron Francis gave him his first ever NHL contract when he signed with the Hurricanes. So there's just like, it almost makes too much sense, but I I could foresee a possibility where Derek Ryan's the guy selected and the Flames get off. Like, I, I'd like the Flames to re-sign Derek Ryan, but I mean, if you're losing a guy who's going to be a UFA anyways, but that's not out of the realm of possibility, I don't think. Okay, so that brings us to the next point, which we should go through the roster um, as a whole. Because I guess we should touch on goaltending too. Because Derek Ryan is, um, after this season, going to be unrestricted free agent. So, because right now the way here's your unrestricted free, or yeah, so your Derek Ryan's coming off the books. Sam Bennett is a restricted free agent, so you, you know you can assume that Brad's going to re-sign him. Um, or maybe he becomes trade bait. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's lots of seasons left to play out. Uh, then Josh Levo, Dylan Dubé, Nurkum, Nurkum, and Dominic Simone. So you can scratch Dubé off the, off that list. Cause I'm, we're assuming he'll be projected, but there's four or five contracts there. Um, Brad needs to at least sign one more of those guys just to make the requirement for guys that need to be exposed that are under contract. Yeah, that's correct. And so if you're following your logic, which I don't know if, if Brad will think along those lines or not, and Brad might be like, you know what? Maybe Francis might go for Ryan. We could use him anyways. Like is Brian, is Ryan going to resign for another 3.1 mil contract? You got to think he's going to take a little bit of a reduction if he's staying with this club. Does he want to stay with this club in a fourth line role though? Well, yeah, maybe Brett, like maybe Brad has a conversation with him and says, we're going to give you this contract, but there's a chance you might go to Seattle. But again, he's like the perfect guy who you could have that conversation with. He's from Washington, right? He knows Francis. Yeah. And this is where I'm so curious of like how much communication is there with Seattle? Yeah. Um, how open is Ron Francis with all these, you know, with all this communication? Because I don't know if you're Ron Francis, do you want to be a nice guy to these GMs and kind of, you know, give them three players you're thinking of, or like, I don't know. Or do you want to be like, I'm not telling you a dick, but I don't think you'd tell anybody anything. You'd play mind games with Brad and tell him you're looking at anybody. (laughs) You're looking at Lucic. Say, well, I mean, we really want Lucic. We're just dying to get him. 
We're dying to get him. Nope, nope. Got to protect him. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like, we're, we really want Lucic. Um, you know, like. <laughs> hey, it's it's chess, not checkers, remember? Yeah. It's X's and O's, baby. Brad, what did you say? Brad is playing Brad's playing guess who while the other GMs are playing chess? No, what was that? I think you said guess who. Oh, yeah, I said uh, hide and seek, and then it was peek. <laughs> <laughs> it's peekaboo. <laughs> oh, All right. Anyways, anyways, we'll we'll lay off on the Bradtree living. Hey, we've been pretty good lately. We have. So, but I don't know. Like to me, that's a good point because you that would be a chess move, right? If you're like, you know what? Maybe if I dangle this fish out there, this Derek Ryan fish, the you play up the analytics, right? You get them on a nice sweet deal. Maybe it's two years. You know, two point eight per. He can easily slot into that third line, play serviceable minutes up in a lineup for Seattle. Like that, you might be onto something. Yeah, I don't think he's out of the realm of possibilities. Honestly, if I'm Seattle, like, and I'm having to pick, if I'm having to fill out the bottom of my roster, my forward roster, like, honestly, like, I think Derek Ryan at this point or next year is probably a more useful player than Sam Bennett. No, Sam Bennett is like, Sam Bennett is like what? He's like a, he's a specialized, yeah, he's a specialized tool. It's like, you can bring him into the playoffs. He's like an assassin, a playoff assassin. Derek Ryan is, is like utilitarian as shit. So, I mean, if you're asking me right now who today I want playing on my fourth or third line, I would have Derek Ryan playing there over Sam Bennett. So like, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like Seattle's dying to get Sam Bennett and we have to trick him into taking Derek Ryan. You could just say, Hey, we're going to sign Ryan to meet our requirements and you can take him if you want, because they probably take him over Bennett anyways. And by my logic, probably go with Bennett, even though, I mean, I like what, what, uh, here's the other thing too. Is it's like, I'm looking at the ages, Derek Ryan, 33, Sam Bennett, 24. How is Sam Bennett 24? I know he seems like he should be 35 years old. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like he should be like 18. It's like, I remember him being drafted and scoring in that playoff game. Like it was yesterday. So I'm taking Sam Ben over Derek Ryan, even though, you know, I get all your points and I agree with them, but I just know there's more ups potential upside. Um, and to me, I think it's, I don't, I'm curious to see if Ward can uncrack this nut in terms of how to utilize this player in Sam Bennett during the regular season yeah. to maximize what he can bring. Um, you're not going to, he's not going to be able to play like he does in the playoffs throughout the regular season, but what can he bring of values question? Well, yeah. And I think that's the, another thing that maybe we kind of like, I think Sam, I, cause you always hear, Oh, you just need to change the scenery. Honestly, I think Sam Bennett fills a role in Calgary. And I, I do think that Sam Bennett is better off in Calgary and more valuable to the Calgary flames than he would be to the Seattle Kraken. Right. So like, so, and here's the other, here's the other thing, right? If you want to get in the whole chess match, do you, do you overpay Sam Bennett when you re-sign him so that Seattle doesn't want to take him? Maybe. <laughs> maybe like, just, uh, maybe like, just sign all these guys to insane deals to fuck them in the cap, but then I guess you get fucked in the cap too. But. Yeah. I, I, if, I don't know. I, I, okay. I, I, I think, I, I think, sh- Shillington's the guy, so I, I don't know. It could be proven wrong. But. And here's the other little mini stipulation on Shillington. He's signed for one year, so you have to give him a new contract first yeah. before before Seattle can even even take him. Actually, well, I, and then I, I don't know why. You, actually, I guess they don't. They no, don't they don't. Have to. They don't have no. to. It's just the forwards. They don't meet the requirement. 
Yeah, because for the defenseman, you only need um, you only need to expose one yeah. in that situation. I mean, in a perfect scenario here, let's talk about perfect scenarios. In a perfect ideal world, they take Chris Tanev. Is there any chance they take Chris Tanev? Chris Tanev's 31. He signed on a 4.5 mil deal for the next four years. Sure is. Does, again, I think it's, I don't know, it's going to come down to what other pieces... Here's how. Here's what it's going to come down to, and we don't know until it gets to that point. We've talked about this before in previous podcasts, where if you're the Seattle Kraken, you probably want your big rocks, your big, you know, building blocks that is going to be you're going to build your core around over the next um, six to eight years, and maybe you see Shillington as one of those, um, or maybe you don't. So depending on where they are and what's available from other teams, that's why I kind of asked you to start off out with that question. If you're, if you're really shrewd um, general manager, do you have your team of, you know, assistants and whatnot go through the likely probable, probable picks from other clubs. And where does that leave you in the realm of what's Seattle going to look, going to be looking for when they get to your team? Um, We don't know. Like, what if what if they can get all the core pieces they want from other teams and when they get to the Calgary Flames they're just looking for like leadership and somebody that can you know guide some of these players for the next two or three seasons then maybe a guy like Chris Tanev is an excellent pick um I don't know well it's, even it's gonna be interesting yeah it is gonna be interesting like okay imagine Chris Tanev comes out this year and hasn't has a return to form and is a great defensive defenseman and i mean the other thing is too is like taking they can't just select all these like rfa league minimum guys right like they have to hit the cap floor they got to take on some money too so i'm sure that's a bit of a bit of part of the calculus they but have they, the, they, for seattle they have to be at least i think they said 60 mil against the cap yeah they have to be cap compliant, 60 60 percent so you can't just like get all these young guys on like <laughs> entry level or not entry level but like rfa like near league minimum deals so there's going to be some guys who have to make some money, but I mean, it's all, yeah, like you said, it's all going to come down to Seattle's strategy. And it's like, they probably, they definitely are going to have a list and that's what they're going to base it off of. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. per- perfect world. Chris Tanev has a great year for the flames, a great single year for the flames. It gets selected and his money's off the books. Well, that's, that's another question. Let's say he, he is lights out and just like, the previous scenario with Bennett, let's say the flames go to the second or third round and Chris Tanev is just like a fucking beast. Do you protect him over Noah Hannafin? No, let's you say no way. <laughs> no. Does, does Brad your living? I would, I would not be surprised if like Chris Tanev kind of knew that was kind of maybe part of the possibility here is like me. It could be a one and done. Like, again, I don't see, if I don't see any way uh, Seattle would select him over Shillington. But if he plays really well, and he maybe, but I, I kind of assume that might be kind of like a part of the deal. Is like he kind of knew this was like it could be, he he'll be exposed. So did you um did, like when you when you when we started out and you looked at who we previously protected in the last draft for Vegas? Yeah, is that list tell you who was available as well? Um, no, it I'm doesn't. Just, I can kinda, pull it up right now. I'm but, just kind of curious, knowing what we know now in hindsight, did Seattle or did Vegas take Vegas, the right guy? 
I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a rough, it's a, uh, if I recall correctly, it's a rough looking group. I'm going to yeah. pull it up right now. Okay. While you're doing that, let's, let's touch on the goalies because there's only one other player on the team that has a no movement clause. That's Jacob Markstrom. Obviously that doesn't create any issue because you're, that's the guy you're going to protect over Riddick when you have to protect your one goaltender. Um, and then you, same thing, you have to expose a goalie that's under contract. So David Riddick will need a new contract in order to remake that requirement. If he's going to be the one, which he will be exposed. Well, yeah. And, and Riddick being available as one guy we haven't really talked about and could be a wild card. Cause I was like, yeah, Oh, it's because, Shillington, Bennett or Ryan, but Riddick is, you have to consider him. Yeah. I did a poll on Twitter. Um, Cause you only get four options. So I put who, who's going to get selected. Is it going to be Bennett, Shillington, Geo, and I put Monge or Dube. Um, it was close. Shillington was thirty-seven percent. He he just became it, just came out ahead of Bennett at thirty-six percent selected. Um, then Geo at twenty-four, and then uh, Monge, Pony, and Dube at three percent. So nobody thinks either one of those guys are going. But in some of the comments, somebody did mention. I'll pull it up so I can give them props. Um, that what about David Riddick? Because if you're Seattle, you're not going to get three starting goaltenders. Um, and really, Seattle kind of lucked out getting Marc Andre Fleury in a sense that there was an actual bona fide starting goaltender that they could start their team with. I don't know if there'll be a similar situation this expansion draft. But if you're looking at if Seattle is going to go after three goaltenders, presumably two of them are going to be in a tandem. Does David Riddick not fit in great? I guess you got to compare it to who else is going to be available. Um, but what other backups around the league are going to be, you know, a good selection for Seattle looking at this? Well, yeah, see, that's where I, and again, I've only done like a very peripheral look. I just feel like with Riddick, it's like, and maybe Seattle doesn't go down this path because yeah, like you said, they can't take three starting net minders, but I mean, it just, it just kind of feels like there's a lot, like by the time you get to Riddick, there might be three other guys you'd want. Like what is Columbus going to do? They have a pair of two goalies, Corpusello and Merz Leakins. Yep. Okay. So like, let's say they take one of them, like even Vegas, like they have Leonard and flurry. No, like right. you wouldn't take a risk on getting flurry. So there's two. Watch their the dude Flurry will go the twice. way the way things are rolling out down there. They're they're playing Leonard in favor of Flurry. I would not be shocked one bit. Vegas exposes Flurry over Leonard, and Seattle takes Flurry. And then I mean, you even go to Vancouver. Like Holtby will be available. Like what about Dallas? They have Hudobin and Bishop. You have Montreal with like Carey Price and Jake Allen. Like I just think there's going to be so many guys available. Yeah. Like even in Arizona, Kemper and, and Ranta, like there's just so many, I feel like there's so many guys, unless they do go with the strategy of, yeah, we're going to pick up a backup too. Like, a, I don't know. I, I, I just, it just seems like there's so many and maybe I'm just undervaluing Riddick, but I mean, it just seems like there's so many other goalies that will be available. That is like Riddick would have to be really good this year for them to consider taking him over one of these other guys. Right. You could be. That's what I mean. We got it. So much stock is probably going to go into the the performance of the players this season across the across the league. Yeah, and like maybe Seattle already has guys like 
penciled in, which I'm sure they do. And then they'll just kind of like move a few pieces based on performance this year. But just the amount of the sheer volume of goaltenders available just like leads me to believe that like I'd have a hard time seeing them select Riddick over some of those other guys personally. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing for Seattle is they're not under a time crunch. Like if you do the draft, you have three minutes to make your pick, right? Yeah. Like they don't have to, they can go through any scenario as many times as they want with a lineup and add guys, just track guys, right? Like they're going to be, they're going to get this, these rosters that these teams submit on who's available and they can just build a team from scratch. So I, I don't think Riddick's getting selected. So we'll, we'll see though. And I hope he doesn't. I'm liking okay. this tandem. All right. Um, so me too, actually. But I guess for closing questions for you, this is this is to me what intrigues me the most. First off, let's go with, you know, we, we covered the three groups, the forwards. It's going to be interesting how it plays out. Um, the defensemen, it's not that interesting. It's, it's pretty obvious who's going to be exposed. And then the same with the goaltending, but out of who we went, who we went through and what category is available, who do you think a, that Seattle will pick and question number two, out of our roster, who do you want them to pick? I like it. Um, but it can't like, you can't just pick Tana based on just cause in a perfect world scenario, I want based on the guys that we said are most likely going to be available. Okay, well, who they're going to, who I think they will pick would be Shillington. I'd be, I'd be surprised again, unless Bennett comes out and his lights out this year. I would be surprised to see them go in that direction again, just because there's, I, th- I feel like there's going to be so many more forwards you take. Maybe not though. Maybe I'm way off. I think it'll be Shillington. You, you think it's Bennett? I think it's Shillington as well. And then I mean, who I want, obviously Tanev, <laughs> but I mean, in the in the realistic possibility, like. If you had to say goodbye to either Shillington Bennett or um, Derek Ryan or like Josh, one of Josh Levo. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, you'd probably be easier letting Derek Ryan go, even though I really like Derek Ryan. I think he's still a really good player. He's a UFA. He's older. Like, I mean, the glimmer of maybe Sam Bennett will figure it out one day is still there. And he's still young enough for that to be there. Um, and the fact that he's performed well in the playoffs, like if Sam Bennett has a great season, performs really well in the playoffs, and then we lose him in expansion, that would fucking suck, right? Yeah. So I'll say Derek Ryan just because it's an easier, it's a cleaner break. Okay. So let me rephrase it a bit. Let's say Derek Ryan's available, Sam Bennett's available, Josh Levo is available. And let's say that Derek Ryan puts together another good season. And we do re-sign him. Um, Sam Bennett does. Let's just say these guys do more of the same. Yeah. Sam Bennett does more of the same. He has a pretty mediocre regular season, and he's pretty lights out in the playoffs. Um, and let's say Josh Levo is is able to slot in just as well as he did in Vancouver, and he's projected to score twenty goals. So let's say you got those three guys, as well as Shillington. Tanev and Riddick, who do you think Seattle takes? I still think Shillington. Okay, me too. That's what my gut's telling me. Yeah. Now, who would you be 
the most okay with Seattle taking it out of all those bunch. Um, is Tanev uh, included? Other than Tanev. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I would honestly be okay if they took Bennett. Like, I, I would say Derek Ryan just because, again, like Bennett is still young enough where there's some potential there. But, I mean, I'm really at the point where I'm – I'm kind of ready for Sam Bennett to to move on, and he might be ready for it too. But I mean, I I wouldn't be losing much sleep if the Flames lost Sam Bennett. I know that's maybe a an unpopular opinion, but town feeling. I can't I, I can't go there with you, man. I just no? I I I think out of all these guys, I don't think that Derek Ryan will be on the table. But if if he would be selected, I think that'd be the I'd be the happiest with parting with him i just can't part with sam bennett yet dude i, I just can't. can't do it i just can't do it man i just you can't do it I, until he's fully I, bald i'm not ready to let go <laughs> of this guy yet um he's still only 24 man like uh, he looks a lot older than 24 with that no hair in the mustache though i don't know i just think i just think if if we end up losing sam bennett it's not gonna be the worst thing in the world that's all i'm saying Okay, well, if if it comes to that, I'm gonna need you to reconsole me. We'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. Look, I love Sam Bennett, okay, but I mean, just like if if like you if like what you said happens, if it's more of the same from him, are you really gonna be you know that worse off without a guy who scores ten goals in the regular season and throws some hits in the playoffs? I don't know. <laughs> Talk about under undercutting a guy. I'm t- I'm talking myself out of it now. <laughs> you are. You always do that. And he okay. Here, do you want to hear who were the the players available uh, for um, Vegas to take? Yeah, it's a it's a quite the list. Uh, Brandon Bolig, Lance Boma, Troy Brower, Alex Chason, Freddie Hamilton, Emile Poirier, Hunter Shinkar, our boy Matt Stajan, our boy Christopher Stieg. Maybe they should have taken Stajan over Stieg. What are they doing? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, Lyndon Vay, Matt Bartkowski, Ryan Culkin, Derek England, Mike Koska, Brett Kulak. Maybe they should take Kulak. Uh, Mike Stone, Ladislav Smead, Dennis Weidman, Tyler Weatherspoon, Brian Elliott, and Tom McCollum. That's a crew. I can't believe, and maybe this is a good place to end, but I can't believe that Brad True Living exposed Michael Stone. To the Vegas Golden Knights. He that's why he signed him, he owed him one. Bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey.